Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shield, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is his shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It is going. I've been I started working out in the morning, so my days have been very tiring. It's funny because I remember reading somewhere that if you work out in the morning, you're supposed to get all your endorphins going and it makes it easier to be like awake during the day. And so far that has not been the case. I'm hoping that I just have to get over the initial start. <laughs> no, that's a damn dirty lie. Anyway, other than that, I've been busy. I've barely had time to do anything really recently. So, like, I, I go to work, I come home, I usually have something, you know, with some group of people I got to do. I know that sounds like, oh, you're hanging out with friends, kind of, but it's also like commitments and stuff. And then I go to bed right after that's done. And All right, well... Let's start this episode the same way we start every episode, by thanking our patrons. And they are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Ann Elmquest, Reed D, and Stefan R. Martinez. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. It only costs you 25 cents an episode, and it covers a whole host of podcasting expenses and unforeseen, should we call them add-ons. Anyway, now that the business is out of the way, let's get right to it. We have a guest here today. You care to introduce yourself? Uh, I do care to introduce myself. Hi, it's Dan, the Lonely Havoc. How are you all? We're pretty good. I think we're more interested in how you are doing, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, no, uh, the compliment circle has begun. The compliment circle? I am fantastic, man. Just living the dream. Well, we have Dan here because we're doing a continuation of the thing that we do every now and then, obviously, which is this is a Warhammer-related episode. And Dan is, we brought Dan on to talk about a particular section of chaos, if I'm getting my notes correct, right, Auric? That is correct. See, we're changing things up because typically we have Wretched on here to talk with us about, you know, 40K and kind of introduce you all. That's good. And we'll have him back on. But it occurred to me, many of you may be coming to this for the first time going, hey, what's this 40K thing all about? And, and going, and going, oh, cool, I want to go find some more 40K stuff. So you go onto YouTube and you get bombarded with thousands of channels of people that do 40K. And we thought, well, what if we got one of those content creators on here to not only talk about 40K, but then to plug themselves at the end of the show? And here we are with Dan. Here we are. Particularly here, Dan, in relation to if you've watched our, we did, I think our first Warhammer episode ever was on the Chaos. One of the Chaos gods we mentioned there was uh, Nurgle, right? Who is the pestilence? The gooey one. Yeah, gooey one. It's the one that every time I'm sick, Ulrich accuses me of parlaying with him. Well, how else do you explain getting sick? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a mad scientist. I have a lot of answers to that question. All yeah. right. So we're going to start this episode kind of like asking Dan, why Nurgle? Why not Nurgle is really the question you should be asking yourself. Because Nurgle's gross. So he's more than just the god of like gross things. He's kind of the god of, of will eventually decay and everything will eventually fall apart. So he's kind of like um, the god of uh, pretty much of the end state of everything that's ever been created. So in that way, he's kind of like the overarching god, in my opinion, of everything. Because uh, eventually everything breaks, everything rusts apart, everything dies or decays, and you know, it's he has a hand in everything. So I, I just think that's a really cool concept that uh, people that are actually worshiping Nurgle, trying to basically beat death and not die so he's making them sick he's making them gross and fall apart but that's kind of the joke is on them where you know they're experiencing all these things but now they have to live through it so i think it's a really cool concept yeah no doubts there but he's still just hard to look at you know <laughs> i think I, I think it's interesting i never thought about this until what you just said but i think you could easily make the argument that nurgle is also the only one whose sphere of influence is not dependent on sentient like Corn, right? Blood God, God of War, murder, and battle. You kind of need things that decide to fight each other for that to work. Mm -hmm. With uh, with Zanich, you know, it's, well, kind of Zanich, I guess you could kind of do it as well because he's supposed to be the God of Change. So one thing, one thing changing, another kind of also kind of deals with the disease and death. But I always got the impression that Zanich was more like um, change on this kind of mass societal like kind of scale like it, it, seemed, it still seemed very much because he's also the god of magic and sorcery which i think needs a a, a sentient hand and then slash is right. pleasure again pleasure sensation design it's sensations right in there you need something to sense it but nurgle 
has no such requirement of like a being necessarily. De decay is physical things. And it's inevitable really for all things, you know, anything that's created eventually kind of falls apart or breaks or breaks down. So like, that's why I think he's probably, you know, in my opinion, obviously I'm a huge Nurgle fan. Like it's like my number one thing, but like everything is everything decays everything kind of goes back to this base form at, at one point or another so in that way like pretty much everything gives power to nurgle can i be a little more specific with uh so wretched who we brought on originally we mentioned him earlier when we brought him on because he's a fan of the chaos he's yeah, yeah. all about uh corn so and for him he talks about how it, it's very obvious how he gets into corn because you you hear you know blood for the blood god skulls for the skull throne you hear impetus the inciting factor that drew you into reading more into nurgle specifically so i've actually been playing 40k since uh rogue trader came out and that was like sometime in 1988 or 1999 um my dad brought the book home and i was like super stoked about it like because it's just like an amazing book like i was like 12 or 13 or something and i was like this is the most amazing shit i've ever seen right so um i kind of had read a lot about that and there's not a lot about nurgle in that particular book like really at all but it was just a really cool book. And then around that same time, Games Workshop released the um, Realm of Chaos books. Familiar with those, but I it, those. yeah, essentially they were like sort of the, the rule book for all things chaos version and then the 40K version. And uh, the Realm of Chaos book had this uh, artwork of, of uh, a greater, you know, a great unclean one. And just sort of like these hordes of like Nurgle uh, warriors like marching in front of it. And it was just like this really awesome artwork. And it just blew my mind when I saw it. Like I was just, you know, I was like 13, 14, however old I was. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, you flip through the book and there's, I mean, such great artwork they had in all those books. And they had a, um, artwork of like this field of Nurglings, like just tons of Nurglings. And there's these plague bears sort of like scooping them up in their arms and like, cradling them around and the nurglings are sort of just getting in the mischief all around and i immediately was like yeah that's the coolest thing ever i do admit <laughs> that uh nurgling sounds way cuter than <laughs> than they are yeah yeah nurglings are like literally my favorite thing in the entire game like they're my favorite unit in the game like just think they're hilarious and just they had a lot of really cool artwork with them and and that got me into it big time well, there was that rumor a while back that Games Workshop was going to produce stuffed nurglings and uh, what else were they going to Squigs. There's going to be stuffed squigs oh, and nurglings. I would yeah, buy I mean, the hell yeah, I would buy the, yeah, I'd, I'd buy a ton of those. I'd buy a bunch of nurglings if they had them. So, you know, Dan, I'm I'm an orc uh, guy myself, and Orc here is our resident space marine. So, Right, right. Very cool. Um, and I play, you know, I play Nurgle in, in both, uh, like Chaos Space Marine form and also Demon form. I have a ton. Um, I don't know if you guys do Adepticon at all, but last, or this year, actually, sorry, uh, at Adepticon, I was running a list that had like 53 Nurglings in it, 53 Nurgling bases. Jesus and Christ. it's just the best thing ever. Yeah, it was just the best thing ever. And like, so I covered the bases with like these weird, like uh, clear sort of like pebble stone kind of things. And then I covered that with like uh liquid resin like clear resin and it like just made the whole thing like this big slimy mess and it was really it's a really fun list to play i mean there's some things that definitely kill it really easy but like overall it's it's just a, a tar pit of a list and it, people get frustrated and that's fantastic and yeah i, I don't like fighting <laughs> nurgle or uh any of them because god they're hard to put down on the tabletop they just will not die oh, yeah. but that's the appeal those like... people... yeah go ahead well, I would say I would say if you don't mind, because we are kind of positioning. We've been going on uh, a bit about like you know specifics, but uh, if if someone came up to you and they had literally the the most cursory knowledge of Warhammer and like chaos and, mm -hmm. and stuff, like our our buddy Chris, we went on his show and just gave him like the course of several meetings. We're gonna kind of walk you through it. So, what would be sure. like your I mean, I know you've already got like done the whole I'm a fan thing, but what is your pitch? What is your description? If you're like, uh, you know, in, in the Space Marine Legion and you're trying to co secretly covert someone, <laughs> convert someone, <laughs> what are you what are you going to say? Like we're trying to convert someone to Nurgle. What would I say? I mean, that's like three questions in one. But point is, <laughs> uh, pitch it to pitch it to someone who doesn't really know what's going on. Like, how do you describe this whole endeavor? 
So for the game itself, like I always kind of, you know, I'll ask somebody like if they play any board games or anything at all, you know, that's kind of like the gateway, right? And then I say, well, it's like that, but it's, it's, you know, there's more rules, there's more tense, but you have the opportunity to like self and paint things yourself and kind of make things the way you want them to be. So many different factions within the game that you can sort of, you know, cling on to and find something that you like important because you find something that sort of speaks to you and you just sort of like go with that and then you like just you know you can build an army out of the thing that you think looks the coolest and it's just sort of this joyful thing where you're just making these cool little models and then painting them the colors you want and like making them look the way you want and I, I you know I try to get people to understand that that's like it's really satisfying like it's just a lot of fun when you take a model out of a pack you build it, you put it together, you paint it, and it looks cool, right? And then you get to actually play a game with it, interact with another player, and you guys are both playing with the same idea in mind. Hopefully that you're having fun, that you're creating this sort of like experience on the tabletop where you have like a cool story to tell later on. And, you know, you have like these imaginations going on about like the things that are happening with your cool figures that you built and painted. Ergo thing, I was like, you know, well, there's these different gods. and It's, it's just sort of like describing, you know, sort of humanity's, you know, uh, 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 maybe their worst sort of features like you know there's a god that's all about anger and there's a god about taking things to excess and there's a god that's like shady and shit and like you know he's trying to trick people (laughs) but the best god the best god is the dude that just wants to like get everybody sick because he likes everyone he really cares for you he wants to hug you and like you know take you into his arms and just vomit all over you and it's you know it's a lot of fun it's just it's funny because like there's everything in games workshop warhammer is like taken to extremes you know, so like this guy's that's not just why, gross. Uh, he's really gross. <laughs> yeah, and that's why his epitaph, right, is like grandfather, like grandfather Nurgle. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very, you know, and the idea of like, you know, the chaos gods like corn. Like if you look at corn, their whole premise is he doesn't care where the blood comes from as long as there's blood. Like you can be following him and he'll kill you and be like, sweet, I got some blood. But Nurgle is like, you know, he wants to take care of you. He wants to, like, he sees his diseases as gifts because these gifts will give you additional power they'll make you stronger they'll make you more resilient so he's bestowing gifts on you because he loves you and he cares about you you know not I necessarily do like, because he wants you to like go and die yeah i do like that because me and Ulrich have tried to pitch warhammer to people in person before and usually Ulrich's method of doing it and it's similar to mine is all lore based it's like oh are you in a sci-fi like there's this you know big crazy world i like that when i asked you the first thing you went to is are you craftsy do you like art because here's like <laughs> an interesting uh avenue to explore with that kind of uh, there's, i've never heard that before it's obvious because right. the miniatures are a big part of it but seeing you, or hearing Absolutely. you go there first was cool I think that tells it's you, just, you know, a lot about way. why people, why you got into the hobby. The way, you, what, what was your uh, reason for getting into the hobby? For Axel and I, lore, lots of dense, confusing right. lore. Then you're like, hey, look at this cool thing I made. Do you want to make a cool thing? And I think everybody, you know, honestly, like I believe that everyone should have a hobby of some sort because there's, there's something to be said about creating something and like finishing a project be it like a whole army or just one model you know there's something about taking this thing building it and painting it and then putting it in front of something saying look at what i did that's really satisfying and i think just in life something like that like these small like small victories or small completions of projects sort of build on each other and you get more confidence with kind of everything that you do like in my opinion so make a model paint it and i feel good about that i want to do it like like what your experience as a worshiper of a chaos god is dependent. Like like you said, if you're a worshiper of corn, then you're going to be you know slaughtering things. But at the very same time, you're just as likely to be slaughtered in a given day, and that's a good yeah. thing. Like nothing cares. If you're a worshiper of slanesh, then your day is probably going to be just pure debauchery, and that can be pain or pleasure, and you never know which way it's going to go, and it's going to last as long as possible because slanesh <laughs> likes to drag things out. If you're worshiper of Zanich, or then it's like that that one's a little tricky because it's all about change but i feel like he's the one who grants the most like just objective power quote unquote oh, absolutely. Like, yeah 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 like he just gives you magic shit but like nurgle <laughs> makes you nurgle makes you immortal but you're also not going to be comfortable the whole time <laughs> no, well, that's no. one of the kind of things i thought was interesting about nurgle is they don't feel the horrible pain they're in at least in everything I've read about, it's like, dude, your intestines are hanging out. Oh, what this? Oh, didn't even notice. Mind if I slap him in the face with you? No, don't touch me. 
Because isn't that part of it that like a lot of them are are like they're dying constantly, but part of the cur- or part of the disease is that it's also healing them and keeping them alive. So it's just this weird like your boros of decay and regeneration. Yeah, it's definitely like the thing that is keeping them alive is the same thing that's causing them enough pain that they probably don't want to be alive. <laughs> and that's always kind of been my problem with Nurgle is he seems to strike when it's like you have no other choice. Like my first real interaction with Nurgle was the Horace Heresy novel Flight of the Eisenstein, which has some of the most disturbing descriptions of Nurgle rot ever. Uh, but as hold, as hold on. Before we get into, because I feel like lore is going to be an interesting conversation for this, because I don't really know anything about Nurgle specific lore, but I'm curious because you mentioned playing with uh, this list of a lot of Nurglings. Like I know that I've only played very little of the actual like tabletop game. Mm-hmm. I'm more into like like Dawn of War, for instance, is my and I like reading the you know lore and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ulrich is more like he's got all the miniatures he paints and stuff like that. But I know that on board, right? Like uh, orcs are all about, hey, I brought a bucket full of minis and they all have axes, so I'm going to run up. And, and Tau are all about, I'm going to shoot you from the other side of the board. And so it sounded to me like Nurgle are a swarm army. So that's, well, there's different ways you can run them. They're definitely very slow, but Nurgle always gets the disgustingly resilient role, which is like an additional save. But the best part about Nurgle demons is that they always have an invulnerable save. So um, if you don't know what an invulnerable save is, basically the save is never modified by any weapon. So even a very, very powerful weapon could hit uh, a Nurgle, uh, like a Plague Bearer, and they'll always get the same save. It's never modified. It's always a five or better. And so the same thing applies to Nurglings. And Nurglings have four wounds apiece, and they also do four attacks apiece. They're actually really hard to kill for something that's very small because you could hit them with like a weapon that's incredibly powerful, but their save is always the same, no matter what multiple wounds it's harder for them to go through their wounds as well so it's 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 a really frustrating for your opponents when they're trying to kill these little I things that should just die fighting nurgle so much for that exact reason because it's like save after save after save and uh-huh. you know, if you're like me you can just roll five ups all day i mean i can't make a two up save but i can always make a five up save i don't know what it is so i'm guessing right because you play because Ulrich, you, you space marines a lot of your thing is based around like getting bonuses from like gear and and better like tech and stuff and that just doesn't matter against nurglings or nurgle essentially well yeah there's that nurgle also comes with a lot of nasty bubble effects where like if this model gets within six inches you're just gonna start taking stuff off the table so you want to shoot them before they can get that close they're like that tickles let me hug you (laughs) they do have some friendly bunch where like if you start within you know like an inch you take a mortal wound which is a wound that you just can't save so there's some there's some units that once they're in combat with you the beginning of the combat phase you just take wounds like you just start taking wounds without them even having attacked you yet which is pretty cool yeah. it sucks they have or- auras <laughs> of pestilence so they do that's exactly what it is yeah yeah and then they get you know everybody gets the additional save so really higher as well for the Space Marines in particular, for the Chaos Space Marines, the Death Guard, they're harder to wound with you know standard weapons. And then in addition to that, they get their normal save. And then if that save fails, they get another save. Ah, oh, I think really that's a great... Uh, <laughs> so they're basically really, really hard to kill because of all these saves. <laughs> yes, yes. That's their, <laughs> that's their whole point. of pain. That's... So it's like, it's like, they're not necessarily... I mean, I know you said they had like four attacks, but the image I'm getting more is like, I'm just going to walk at you and I'm going to take the bullets, and once I'm close enough, you're just going to start dying. <laughs> sure, sure. And it depends on the unit. For like something like a, a Chaos Space Marine, like a Nurgle Space Marine, a Death Guard, that's kind of the, the tactic. You just sort of walk up the board. and the, Even their fluff kind of describes the Death Guard tactics as being very like um, grinding assault. Like they'll just sort of like walk in like en masse toward their, their enemy, just tanking shots. And then eventually when they get there, they're just chopping people to pieces, you know? So that's kind of that's kind of their lore, anyways. That they're they've learned to be resilient because that's the kind of battles that they fight. So it was sort of a natural fit. So speaking of the Death Guard, uh, what I know, um, which Primarch uh, is like the famous one that fell to to Nurgle, fell quote unquote, or rose, depending yeah. on your yeah. perspective, right? That's Mort- Mort- Mortarian. Mortarian. Okay, so that's the that's the Death yeah. Guard then. He is, yeah, he's one of the few um, actual, like in the lore of the Primarchs that are actually still like existing in some form or another. So of course he's ascended into demonhood because you know you get to do that when you're a Primarch and you pledge your life to Nurgle. So 
actually has a very cool model um, as well that came out a couple of years ago. It's just bug wings. Fantastic and model. A scythe from what I'm yes. At. Yeah, the scythe is pretty pretty sweet. Um, that dude is a beast on the table. Him because he's really, really, really good. <laughs> and it feels almost unfair. I mean, he's about 400 points, uh, 400 and something points, which is quite a bit. That's a good chunk of, of your list considering maybe 1500 or 2000 points is your average, you know, point level that you play at. He's like, he just, he destroys people. <laughs> I fought him once. He spent the game running away from Gilliman and my custodies. See, I mean, but that makes sense though. If you're running, if you're running Gilliman with custodies, that's just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there was a demon Primarch on board and he would not die to Laz cannon. So, well, so are thing- there any, the, the thing about Primarchs I find is that they can take up a, uh, a an understandable but very, um, I'm going to say, selfish uh, portion of the lore. So since I don't know much about Mortarion specifically, mm. you care to give us a, a briefing on what makes him as you know unique or interesting? So like, if you followed anything about the Primarchs at all, you know that like, basically the whole story is that the emperor was like cooking up the primarchs and he's like, this is going to be awesome. They'll take care of all my business for me. Cause he's all about delegating authority, I guess. And chaos comes in and is like, no, let's not do that. And he just, they scatter the primarchs, you know, as like little baby primarchs, like all over the universe. And so Mortarian actually lands on a planet called Barbarus. And it's like just a super gross, like toxic planet. It's like, you know, like all full of like industry and basically like he's, he's, he's Nurgle from the start without even having been Nurgle. Cause uh, he's on this planet. So that's, that explains why his armor seems to have uh, mufflers even before he fell. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's used to breathing this, like, toxic atmosphere and all these kind of things. So whenever the Emperor discovers him and gives him the um, the Death Guard, which are called, like, the Dusk Raiders or something like that before before they're given to Mortarion, time the Emperor finds one of his, his sons, quote-unquote sons, he basically just says, all right, well, now that I found you, you can be in charge of this legion of superhuman you know space marines and they're like cool let's do this thing so mortarian renames the dust raiders uh, into the death guard used to breathing like this toxic atmosphere and he's all kind of like pale and sickly because he's been living on this toxic planet like his whole life you know so um he's already he's already got that going for him you know so it's just like a natural fit when nurgle shows up <laughs> i still maintain that he has one of the most hippocratic falls ever I mean, I was about to ask because, like, the word bearers, I've gone into great depth on how the word bearers fare because I feel like uh, Lorgar's story is fascinating. And, of course, Harris's story, or uh, Horace, not, <laughs> I mixed heresy and Horace. Anyway, <laughs> the Horace's story of how, of how that, like, I'm always interested in how the gods come about like contacting right because it's 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 very you got to be subtle especially when it comes to well most of the time you gotta be subtle <laughs> didn't have to be that subtle with Lorgar. so i was wondering like i i did a, a little cursory search and I, I read something about um like the the death guard going uh like interacting with a nurgle uh force during a warp trip that just like corrupted them yeah, and I think that what you're reading about is that um, it's the uh, Eisenstein, I believe, was that actually like the first time they come into contact with Nurgle, and um, yeah. it's like their well, Typhus had already fallen, I thought, but that was like the first time that they encountered Nurgle as a demon. Yeah, yeah, that part's a little hazy to me, actually, to be 100 percent honest. But I believe, like, because Typhus is on that ship, if I'm not mistaken. And he's the one that basically becomes sort of the conduit for the uh, the destroyer hive, like basically this hive of like creatures that spread disease is like inside of his body. Hey, by the way, man, we, we don't ex- think about it's okay. It. We don't expect you to know everything. We made the mistake in our first episode of referring to one of us as an expert, even uh, though we aren't. And uh, the the community let us know how wrong we were. Yeah, so. you know, and you know that's fine. I mean, I'm sure like corrections are good because I've read like there are so many Horace Heresy books. Like uh, I read the first like five or six, and then I was like, how many are there? And I looked, and there's like you know thirty or something. I was like, shit, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Hey, it looks like I, I just was scrolling. I found apparently like this really well drawn image of uh of Robude Guillemin fighting uh the date uh, Mortarian. And it's like, ah, I know you were just mentioning that. And apparently that was like a big event that happened. The plague wars. Mortarian showed up and ruined one of our beautiful, beautiful planets with his nasty sludginess. 
Or his wonderful things. sludginess, depending on who you no. ask. No! <laughs> Smells like farts there now. <laughs> do you know what happens to a planet of farts? No one wants to live there. I do think it's interesting that all the pictures I'm seeing of Mortarian, he still looks pretty badass. Like, he's got the scythe, he's got what look like, like, uh, bat wings in this one picture. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I expected a bit more, um, I don't know, like the butcher from Diablo or something. Right. And see, what's interesting is Nurgle has kind of, in my opinion, like two different aesthetics that that Games Workshop is sort of getting away from the one that I like the most. So whenever I started playing, Nurgle, of course, was about like decay, but there was a lot of uh, actual like decay in, in, in like sort of a like a rusty sort of like mechanical sort of way, like a zombie like kind of way as well to where like skin was falling apart and, and guts were hanging out. And now Nurgle is kind of morphed into this like weird sort of worm, like tentacle situation in the most recent iteration of like the Death Guard, which I'm not a fan of. I'm going to go on record as saying I don't like tentacle Death Guard because tentacle is more of a Slanesh thing as far as I'm concerned. I buy that. But, but they, yeah, they kind of really changed the aesthetic because it used to be more gruesome to be, you know, it used to be more like parts and guts hanging out and, you know. Missing eyeballs say, and weird. Yeah. I feel like Nurgle is the one whose aesthetic stood out to me hmm. the most, right? Because, like, okay, regardless of what you think, I feel like for the average person, if you look at the aesthetic of, oh, the god who is the warrior god, oh, the god who is the sorcerer god of lies, hmm. and oh, the goddess of sex, essentially, and pain, like, those are very understandable aesthetics that can be considered, quote unquote, cool or attractive but then there right, was yeah. this then there was this guy who's like oh no i'm all about slime and and things are <laughs> gross and and like i the the, the more gross the better and that actually kind of made nurgle more you know that was one of the interesting things about nurgle that he didn't seem to be trying to fit a quote-unquote cool aesthetic you know right right and one of the things i like best about nurgle and and i'll go on record is this is it's probably the easiest to convert models to nurgle like you get a model and then you like scrape it up, put tentacles on it or little like blobs of green stuff and make like, you know, boils and pus easy to do. And then it, it usually looks good. Like if you paint it like, it, you know, a certain way or you pay a little bit of attention to like weathering these sort of techniques, it looks great. Something for like, you know, Zinch, for example, it's like very like precise and it's very clean and like, you know, things have to look a certain way, it has to have that sort of like Egyptian aesthetic that they're going with now. And that's a lot more difficult to do than just getting a model and basically like putting shit all over it and putting it on the table. <laughs> Part. So yeah, I think that's that's the appeal because it's so easy to model and it, it's fun. As an orc player, I can appreciate that definitely. <laughs> yeah, doing orc stuff's amazing. You just throw like plastic card all over it and be like, yeah, there you go, boom, orcs. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I suddenly in my head, I'm picturing a player coming who's like put a model in. in I will go with an unnamed foul substance. Right, right, yeah. And that the and the stench coming from it distracts the opposing player is part of the strategy. That's one. That's one tactic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's so fun. Like I'll describe. You know, like you can take like resin, like a two part resin. Like I'll literally just make a model and then pour two part resin all over it and just kind of see where it ends up looking like fantastic, like Nurgle, you know, like it's, that's Nurgle right there. It's just the stuff dripping off of it. And there's like weird, like bumps and textures and things and, and it all works really well. Yeah. I will admit that games workshop has kind of, they're not being as creative as they can be with Nurgle. Cause you read in the lore, you got bloated corpses, you got desiccated corpses, you've got everything in between, but the models <laughs> are just like big fat guys, which Right. Cool. I'm with you. I'm with you on the tentacle thing. The tentacle thing did not feel like it was Nurgle. Like that's more Zinch or Slanesh. There should be rust and there should be just pustules and unpleasant things to look at, which is the other reason I like Nurgle. Those models are hard to look at, especially that new great unclean one. Ugh. So I'm guessing, right, based on uh, what you guys have said, that the plague war is like the big well let me put this way as an orc player with Gazkul Thraka I can basically look at uh the Octarian War and the wars for Armageddon as my primary like these are the the like really kick-ass uh stories that I can share with people right mm -hmm. I'm guessing the plague war is is that is there any other like big important uh nerd related events that are interesting you know, I'm just not 100% on that one, to be honest. Like, there was an actual, um, 
want to say it was like an audio drama and it was um the gray knights and there's like a there's an instance where the gray knights actually do battle with mortarian like one-on-one and of course because yeah because they're space marines like you know they end up like basically not so much killing him but like when they destroy his corporal body he like goes back to the warp or whatever yeah that uh, was a pretty big deal that's the one where he carves his name in uh, his forehead, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous and over they, the top. I recommend that one out, but that was one of my favorite pieces of old lore. And, you yeah. know, the Grey Knight player just carved his initials in Mortarian's head and booted him back to the warp. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's one thing you can count on Games Workshop. It's it's to be as over the top as possible, it's but I feel so... like that is part of the appeal <laughs> a big part i mean of it. It's, it is part of the appeal but also sometimes like actually this is really funny because today i was having lunch with a friend of mine and she doesn't know anything about games i mean she plays like board games and things and she was asking me like well what's what's the point like of the whole game and i was like well obviously it's to have fun and she's like but like like what do you do like how do you do it so i'm explaining all this stuff to her and i'm kind of going into some of the lore and she stops she's like you should hear yourself right now <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I get it. I was like, I get that it's ridiculous. And, like, it's just, like, over the top and out of control. Oh, yeah. But you got to like, either love that over-the-topness or you just mm-hmm. don't know what they're talking about and slowly back away. That's right, why right, right. You start, all you got to do is read, like, the uh, the initiation process for, like, a space marine and realize that the people writing this were – they were on something to make this as extremely unpleasant as right. possible. <laughs> An editor somewhere at Games Workshop who like is reading all this stuff and going, nope, not extreme enough. Nope, nope, make it more extreme. You got to kick it up. And like, you know, how much more extreme can they get with a lot of this stuff? I think about it, it's like, you know, but and you read like the lore oh. for like any army in any codex and they're like amazing. Like they're the best. They fucking destroy everything. And then whenever you play, it like doesn't quite match up to the lore. And you're just like, come on. Well, I love the example that even like the quote unquote most basic weapon in Warhammer is is the bolter, right? Mm-hmm. But if you start reading into what a bolter is, like if you as a regular person tried to fire this, yeah. your arm would basically fall off. Yeah, it would rip your arm off. <laughs> because explosive rounds aren't enough. What if we made them rocket propelled explosive rounds? Right. Little missiles shooting out of your gun, basically. Yeah. Or, you know, Death Guard, it's like what if my gun shot leprosy at people? <laughs> Sorry, I love the way that's phrased. <laughs> Just fantastic. There's actually uh, the unit in there that is called uh, Plague Drones. Are they Plague Drones? Blight um, Drones. Sorry. Yeah, Blight Drones are nasty. It is one of the. It's. I will go. I will say that Blight Drones probably the best unit in that entire book. And I once ran a list that had like six of them. I wanted to test it out. I'm not going to do that again. But I just wanted to test it out to see if it would be as brutal as I thought it would. And they carry two guns that shoot on people, and they're very, they're pretty powerful. It's a, a really, there really good unit. There was one book with them I was reading, and it described them flying up and shooting a guy, an Imperial Guard, with their sludge gun. He was in a hazmat suit, and then he just melted. <laughs> it ate through everything, and he just melted into a pool of sizzling sludge at, you know, and then the sludge began to eat through the concrete. It's like, oh, God, Nurgle, why are you the way you are? That's the gist. Okay. So how about, how about this? So I, in my experience, right, with listening, uh, you know, reading the Lord, listening to Auric talk, there are certain armies that both lore-wise and or in the game have, like, intrinsic strengths and weaknesses against certain other armies. Like, I'm an Orc player. I do not want to fight Tau just because. I mean, no one really wants to fight Tau, but I especially don't want to fight Tau. <laughs> Whereas, like, I'm better off fighting, like, the, the Empire. Or, like, if you're... Uh, if you're Necron, it's like, yeah, I'll take on the Tyranids, whatever. They don't bother me. I'm from hmm. perspective, the army you are most confident dealing with and the one you are least confident dealing with. It's more of a case of, like, if I'm fighting a Horde army with Death Guard, I'm going to have a hard time because Death Guard, you, don't, you typically don't have as many units on the table because our stuff costs more, points-wise. So it's just a matter of like, you know, economics where you can't put out enough shots to kill everything if it's like a horde army. Like if I fight a orc horde, because I won't have enough shots to like kill everything that's going to come at me. So thing, if, but if I'm fighting another army that's also small and sort of elite, like Death Watch or something like that, then I have a really good chance of taking them out because I'm also like sort of a small elite, but I'm also more resilient and I could, you know, take more damage than they can. So it's not necessarily a matter to me of like what army in particular that is like sort of the the, but it's more like the type of army. 
So mm. yeah, I bigger armies are harder that, uh, to deal with. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But I do. I I would imagine that that would be somewhat mitigated by. Th Maybe I'm just harping on this too much because it sounded really cool. But like mm -hmm. the aura of pestilence feels like a good way to deal with hordes. <laughs> yeah, but but when you're looking at that, usually it's it's typically it's like per unit you're putting out like D3 mortal wounds. And how big can an orc squad be? Like twenty boys, something like that, maybe more. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I get into combat with a, a squad of like twenty or thirty orc boys, and then I do like average two mortal wounds before combat even starts. That's not really putting that much of a dent in your army. You know what I mean? It's 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 a cool effect, but against a unit that big, it's 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 hardly doing a dent. Now, if I go up against a squad of like five Death Watch guys or something, and each dude is armed with like this cool, expensive weapon, those two mortal wounds are really going to hurt that that opponent because his his guys cost like thirty or forty points a piece, right? And his weapons don't matter as much because you're crazy saves. Exactly, exactly. So, like, something, like, if I'm fighting something, like, what's an orc boy, like, nine points, eight points, or something ridiculous like that? Yeah, they're dirt <laughs> cheap now. Uh, yeah, like, killing an orc boy, like, it, it's, it doesn't mean anything, really. Like, I have to put oh, out no. some water. You hurt. killed two of my boys. If only I didn't have 200 more. Uh, here's another 500 that I've got in a Ziploc bag ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't fit them all on the table in the beginning of the game, so we, we yeah. they'll come in as reserves. Yeah, horde armies are uh, a pain in the ass. Uh, like, but something like Tau, which is a gun line and things like that. There's a lot of shenanigans. Like, you know, you can deep strike units and things like that, and a lot of well, yeah, stuff. At, at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to tactics. I just was thinking more like there's, you know, always going to be a a a lean of like an advantage. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or do you have an answer to that particular question? Uh, for Nurgle, pretty much no, anything. No, no, that, for, for your army. Oh, like in your my experience. army? Yeah. Anything with... I, I, wow, Space Marines right now really, again, struggle with Horde armies because weight of fire. Also, anything with really good armor penetration because that's our big thing is great arm, a great strong toughness and uh, good armor saves. But if you you know, run an army of nothing but great armor save or you know armor penetration, that's eh, game over. <laughs> We're also not very fast. We got a lot of transportation options. Yeah. Hmm. All right. You got the what's the what's the new Primaris tank? That's oh, not new, but what's the Primaris tank? Uh, in something I N because that's their Games Workshop's latest obsession is beginning everything in. Yeah. Intercessors, in interceptors, in, yeah, like, invictors. I ran some um some demo games at Gen Con last year, not this year, but last year I ran some uh, demo games of 40k, and I had the uh, set, and then there's the interceptors, intercessors. And whatever else, and like everyone was getting very confused by that. And I was like, I get yep. it because I'm confused too. It's like they're all sounding goddamn the same. <laughs> no, somebody fell asleep on their keyboard, and it's just like, oh no, uh, 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 and then just copy paste and change the letter here and yeah, there. It makes sense. It's, it's a mess. That's the only viable explanation. Okay, all right. So uh, my next line of questioning. So we've talked about like. The specifics of the army, some of the lore, like the Primarch behind it. Sure. Uh, I'm very interested in this like resin concept you brought up, but I'm more I'm <laughs> curious. We talked about Nurglings, and I looked them up, and they look like they look like if Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare or the Nightmare Before Christmas was like yeah, small yeah. and round and made of flesh. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just wondering if you could give us a. I remember when we had Wretched on, he gave us kind of a rundown of some of the more interesting corn demons. So you've already talked about Nurglings, and you mentioned mm. a couple other ones that I don't remember the names of. So you give us a little rundown of some of the other interesting Nur uh, Nurgle demons. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like they all go like based on like size. So, of course, your great unclean one is like the big bad of all the, the Nurgle demons. And he's essentially he's essentially like uh, a smaller version of Nurgle himself. So he's gigantic, right? So he's a smaller version of, of Nurgle himself, and and he and he's looks the one exactly that looks same. like uh, like Asmodeus from Diablo three or something. Uh, I'm not sure who Asmodeus is, so I'm, I might have to just. Uh, oh defer. well, it's like like a big a big rotund covered in scars and pus. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you nailed it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So he's like this giant, like just corpulent, like massive fat and like nerdlings sort of like live inside of his body and like spill out and so like on the table he actually has additional attacks for nerdlings that just like hang out with him like they just kind of like carries him around they crawl all over him they eat pus off of his, his intestines and all these kind of gross things so that's and, like um, the equivalent of corn's blood letter then yes, yeah yeah that's the greater demon for the the nurgle uh okay. the, in the nurgle book and then you're sort of like basic troops are the plague bearers 
And plague bearers are pretty interesting because their lore is that they are kind of like, a, they call them the tally men. So they basically are like constantly like counting like the diseases and like the different things that Nurgle has kind of like unleashed upon the world. So they're sort of always like counting and it's like this deep drone sound. So when like on the battlefield, it's kind of like this, like this droning sound. And they're very serious. Like Grandfather Nurgle is very like jolly, but the plague bearers are like the guys trying to do the work and not getting any work done because everyone else is fucking it up. You know, so they're like kind of constantly annoyed by Nurglings because Nurglings are just getting into everything and they kind of like, well, you know, kick Nurglings out of the way and all this kind of stuff. But they're constantly just trying to like basically bring order to something that you can't really bring order to, which is, I think, very interesting. And it's like that's their that's their thing. They're like trying to catalog and count all these things that just can't be counted because there's so many more diseases happening quicker than they can actually keep track of. Isn't that kind of, I don't mean to change topics here, but, oh, but isn't that kind of the why Nurk, because I know that, right, Korn and Slanesh basically hate each other, and mm-hmm. isn't it that Nurgle and Zinch, or Zinch basically hate each other, but the reasoning there is because Zinch is constantly trying to, like, modify, change, mm-hmm. and warp uh, plans that Nurgle sees as being inevitable and uh, ongoing and, like, constant that's, I mean, his whole thing is decay is constant, right? Even though it is itself right. a changing thing. So that's that's the how that relationship is described, right? Right. It's and it's basically everything is going to die and decay. And Zinch is like, well, not if we have anything to say about it. You know, we're going to change it up. Like that's like their thing. They they're trying to like prolong the inevitable or change like destiny in, in a way. And Nurgle is just like, no, everything's got to fall apart. And Zinch is like, no, we're gonna, we're not doing that. So yeah, they're kind of directly opposed to each other in that way. All right. All right. So anyway, so uh, Nurglings, the great unclean one, which suddenly is making me think of um, Conker's Bad Fur Day <laughs> and the Plague Bearers. Okay. And Plague the Bearers, Guard, obviously. The Chaos Space Marines. And then also in the Demon Book, there's Plague Drones, which are basically like these giant flies that Plague Bearers ride around on. And it's really like the only fast unit that's in the book. Um, so, And you also have uh, Beasts of Nurgle, which Beasts of Nurgle are really fun because they actually are described as like uh, enthusiastic, like puppy dog kind of things. But they yeah. are these horrible, disgusting looking creatures with like you know, tentacles and weird suckers on their hands and like they're, they lick people cause they're excited, but the, their saliva kills everything that they lick. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really cool like um, fluff for that particular, that particular unit because it wants to like be where everybody else is at. So on the table, if like you're doing combat nearby, it'll run into that combat because it wants to be a part of it. <laughs> I have to say while, uh, while the likelihood of me uh, giving up my orc boys is basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. The idea that, um nurgle is i've read a couple things about that he like conducts experiments to like that i find pictures of him with like giant vials yeah. and stuff yeah and, and i i am a big fan of the mad scientist aesthetic in fact my my super villain nickname in one of my role plays is uh dr pestilence so <laughs> nice nice yeah he supposedly has like a giant cauldron like in where he lives and he like just is always like just mixing up like plagues and stuff, and he gets real excited about it, you know. And then he sort of like unleashes it on the world just to kind of see what will happen. Like that's his, that's yeah. His the worst one I remember from like the, one of the it was either the Plague Wars book or one of the supplements that came up before. And Gillum is like going around visiting people, and there's this new plague of Nurgle that eats the tear glands out of people's <laughs> eyes and then eats into the. Uh, uh, the eye sockets and Nurgle introduced it so that when Gilman was near it would you know miraculously you know go away for a while so that Gilman was running around all these different places thinking he was curing it it's like no it just goes away when you're near then comes back and eats the eye some more perfect and that's just like that, that that was an image that stuck with me is these all these corpses with no eyes that are still alive and just moaning like Nurgle you're nasty stop also, the the concept of uh, slime hounds is inherently yeah. hilarious. Yeah, they're great. It's it's just a really funny thing. It's you know even in the book, like it describes them, they get super excited. They meet someone new and they want to play, and they start licking them and jumping all over them. And the next thing you know, their new play, their new friend is like completely still, and like flies are buzzing around because it's already started to decay. So yeah, and they run off to the next person. Either. They're fun. 
exactly. And I, I haven't ran them in a while on the tabletop, but they basically like leave a slime trail. And so like, if you are doing combat like near or like into like this unit, like you get affected by the slime trail, like you like trip up on it or you start getting sick immediately. Cause you're like trudging through their slime, you know, like they're these big slug dogs. Yeah, Nurgle's nasty. I'm curious if they're going to introduce, you know, the fly swarms that kind of come both with Death Guard and Nurgle. It's these monstrous swarms of flies that eat everything. Is that the uh, rot flies? So there's fly yeah, they, those came in um, in the Kill Team set. There was like a swarm of flies that you could get, and they also made rules for them on um, for 40k. Like, so it was a Kill Team set. I forget what it was called. I miss that. Flies that's like stuff. one of the big hallmarks in the lore is these swarms of flies that just slowly chew through everything and clog up yeah, everything. And yeah. It's horrible. Well, how that plays out on the tabletop is it actually uh, improves your save. Like if you run a squad yep, of plague yep, bears, yep. plague bears that's over like 20, you know, plague bears strong, you get like an additional save, like a cover save basically because yeah, there's so many that's... flies everywhere. I can't keep all Nurgle's saves straight when I'm fighting against it. Just like, all right, AP4. Oh, disgusting yep. resilience. Okay. That was, that was a great use of that last cannon. It's funny. It's I think best. about, I don't know why, but something with the flies thing, I think about how, like, now obviously with, uh, you know, corn is basically everywhere. You're not going to avoid corn. Uh, and hmm. Zinch is, you never know where Zinch is, so you just assume he's everywhere. But, like, yep. you would never want to allow a like a cult of slanesh into like a uh what are they called are they forge worlds the worlds that are uh, the ones that are mostly city and industry and uh, but, well, yeah, yeah, hive yeah. worlds hive worlds. Forge world. hive worlds is all people yeah that's what i meant hive worlds but uh but i feel like what is the name of the the food planets because <laughs> oh, that's angry where, worlds yeah that's where i feel like even one slime hound getting into a food planet is um, <laughs> Those are the ones Nurgle typically That's goes bad after because it's all full of you know living matter he can infect and turn to brown sludge. Yeah, oh, I mean, that, that can turn everything into sludge. How does how does Nurgle interact with the uh, Tyranids? That's a good question. So that's interesting because Tyranids don't have like a warp signature like at all. Like they don't really like they have the hive mind, but they're not necessarily susceptible to any of the chaos gods. Well, yeah, I know. I just meant more like. Like the the Octarian War, right, is a war between the orcs and the Tyranids, which is hilarious because mm -hmm. the orcs just keep getting bigger and meaner, and the Tyranids keep adapting to right, their yeah, bigger yeah. orcs. And just, so, but since Tyranids are supposed to be basically like the quote unquote ultimate organic life form, <coughs> orcs, <coughs> um, the they're all you know biological, and Nurgle's whole thing is like decay, which isn't just biological. Obviously, you mentioned guys mentioned rust multiple times, but since he's like diseases and stuff, can, can a Tyranid even get sick? I mean, I, I feel like anything would be able to like get sick, but I've seen some actually really cool Nurgle Tyranid conversions that people have done. No, that's not like official lore or anything, but it looks really looks really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. The Tyranids can be affected by Nurgle's rot, but just like when they fought the orcs, the next wave adapts and changes. So Nurgle's back to trying to cook up some new pestilent disease. Right, right. That's his game. Didn't you say that that's about any question. army Before that fights too. against Nurgle? Or excuse any army that fights against, yeah. against the Tyranids is kind of put in that same situation where, like, we bought, we got these cool weapons that can destroy the Tyranids, but then the Tyranids just evolve. That's why they suck to fight against. But no, if anyone knows in the comments or has <laughs> theories, let us know because I'm really curious now. Like, at what point would Nurgle go? Ha! I've got you, and the hive mind goes. Right. Oh well, I'm done. Yeah, that's why I was curious because, like, the other the other obvious question would be like how Necrons deal with it because rust obviously is harder to, I guess, fix, but. It felt less interesting to me than, hey, let's take this species that is supposed to be like the super bioorganism and put it against the army that is living disease hmm. and see how that functions. I don't know. I, was, I haven't read any. I've read a bit of, you know, about Tyranid incursions, but mostly they've interacted only with the Imperium and the Orcs. So I didn't read anything yeah. about them really interacting with chaos of any sort. So, yeah. And that's an interesting thought because, like, the Tyranids, like, they basically just devour a whole planet, right? So they take everything that's biomass and they sort of, like, boil it down and then make more stuff. So, like, what if it's a, a world that's been taken over by Nurgle and, like, everything is diseased and disgusting and they boil that down? Like, are they creating, like, you know, half Nurgle, half Tyranid creatures? Oh, wait. 
I do remember we do have some uh, lore on what happens if uh, Tyranids become tainted by chaos. Because like it was post beginning of 8th edition, the explanation was that the hive mind turned on them and destroyed them immediately. Like they knew there was something wrong with them. So oh, they destroyed their own. I got it. Yeah. So Tyranids can be affected by chaos, but the hive mind quickly quarantines it and destroys it. That sounds not right. I'm yeah, still curious. Sense. Like, it's funny because in my mind, ever since I was uh, I was young, I had this weird thing where I had this idea in my head when I was a kid of like taking, you know, the classic idea of death battle or deadliest warrior or whatever, but doing with armies. But I thought about it with um, in a space kind of thing. Like I imagined, for instance, I had this one thought experiment when I was younger. I took a planet with five equally spaced continents, all with a Bronze Age era humans on them, and then on mm -hmm. one continent you put. Uh, flood from Halo on one continent. You put uh, the Borg, like just one Borg from uh, Star Trek. On another continent, you put a Zerg. You, know, you get the idea here, and then at the end, see like who takes over the planet. And so now I'm just thinking of the same thing, except it's a planet that on one ha part you put just a Tyranid, on the other part you huh. put a Nurgling, and see what happens. <laughs> see how like uh, how long it takes them to sort of destroy the population or like subjugate the people <laughs> yeah basically this is not a, a healthy thought experiment but it's a fun one you know sometimes you gotta have those thoughts that's an interesting concept though like who is the best like you know like if you look at like the concept behind like tyranids and especially whenever they tied in like the gene stealer cults use the people themselves as sort of the conduit to like allow tyranids to come like, so the Tyranids didn't just, like, attack immediately, right? Like, the Gene Stealer cult shows up, says, hey, everybody, you know what's cool? Worshiping Tyranids, let's do that. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do that. So, like, then when the Tyranids show up, everyone's ready for it. It's not like, you know, one Tyranid by himself just starts, like, hacking people apart. You know, he's got to, like, get that insidious thing going. Where Nurgle would probably be the same way. as like, one Nurgling is running around, like, spitting in people's soup and stuff, you know? <laughs> like, just trying to <laughs> cause, like, trying to cause sickness. So, like... You know, it, it takes a little bit of time for both, but I think the Nurgling is, is maybe more directly successful at it. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say, like, all right, you just start off with one, but whatever they do, who will do it first and who takes over this planet? <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Nurgling's just using people's toothbrush and shit and just, like, making everyone sick. <laughs> that would be a Nurgling thing. You'd walk in, you'd be, you know, rubbing his ass on your toothbrush and then disappear down the drain. Yeah. For some yeah, reason, absolutely. that just makes me think of gremlins. Except yeah. gross, obviously. And that's essentially what Nurglings are, is like they're just they're gremlins. They're a little they like to get into stuff, you know. Like the lore even says like when they're attacking like say like a dreadnought or something, they just crawl inside and they start like chewing stuff up. You know, that's how they take them down. Nurgle's nasty, folks, not even once. <laughs> All right. Well, we're about near the end of our time, so we're gonna hand this opportunity over to Dan to, you know, plug all the stuff he does. Well, also, before you plug, give us your concluding thoughts on the conversation on Nurgle, and then plug whatever you want. Thank you. Well, uh, Nurgle is the best. They have, like, probably the best modeling opportunities, you know, for someone that's just getting into creating uh, conversions and things like that, because even if it looks messy, it's still pretty good. Same thing with painting. Even if the painting is messing, <laughs> they have a lot of interesting, you know, units that you can use, and they're actually like if you run Death Guard, they're very powerful. They're very um, solid list to play. Um, they're they're pretty forgiving as well, like for for uh, for beginners. So I always think Death Guard's a really good starter army because it looks cool. You win games, you'll frustrate your opponents, and that's you know that's what that's really what it's all about, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as far as plugging, what I do. Um, I do the Lonely Havocs, which is sort of like a game um, club group. It's just me now, actually. But um, I do a podcast called The Havoc Cast, and you can find that at www.thelonelyhavocs.com. And the whole gist of my podcast is I just talk to different gamers in the community, gamers and hobbyists, uh, ranging from people that do RPGs to people that do just painting, people that create their own games, people that run their own uh, content creations like podcasts like this. And, you know, I basically talk to them about what makes them tick, like why they got into games and just, you know, we we always end up having interesting conversations. Um, sometimes it gets serious. Sometimes it gets incredibly silly. Uh, but I, I feel it's always interesting. And uh, without people, you, you can't play games. So that's really important to me that we sort of find um, 
we sort of find the common ground in games, I think are a really great way to do that. So you can find me there and yeah. you can always talk to me at um, the Lonely Havocs on Twitter, which is where I do all my things. Rock on. I especially, I especially love that, like the concept of just the platform of getting to like talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. Because like uh, these kind of conversations, as you said, just having good conversations, right? Like it's, it's fun and it makes the whole like endeavor uh, meaningful. So yeah, I totally can get behind that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, and you find out a lot about a person with people, you know, you find out what kind of people they are for one, but you know, I think it's important, you know, just to, to understand like, you know, especially in, in, in this world now we have where everything is like social media. We don't see faces. We don't know people's stories. I want to know people's stories. I love people. I love hearing where they come from and like where they started and, and the things that they find interesting. Cause you're always finding these different takes on things that you've never thought of before. Or you find someone that comes from a completely different background from you and you have a lot in common, you know, and the conduit of that might be games or it might be something completely different, but we have a lot more in common than we do uh, differences, you know, and I think that's, that's my gist is that's the whole thing. Hell yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> something we do here at, at geeks with shields is at the end of our like podcast we do a a little thing where each of us just gives a suggestion for the week it's not a, it doesn't have to be related in any way to what we talked about it's just something we're recently doing in our own lives that we're like hey go check this out or do this thing or so uh do you have a suggestion for us and uh, absolutely my suggestion is to practice kindness to everyone that you meet um, not just people that can do something for you, not just people that you're close with. Practice kindness with complete strangers. Ask people how they're doing and actually listen. Uh, give someone a compliment. Um, it's, it's make eye contact with people and smile at them whenever you're walking by. Like These are just simple things you can do. And if you listen to my podcast, um, I'm a big proponent of, of kindness, of practicing, um, just being open with each other, speaking with people, listening to their stories. Ask, you know, if someone seems like they're not doing very well, how they're doing. If someone, you know, needs a quarter, give them a goddamn quarter, you know, like do something because all these small things add up to big things. So my suggestion to everyone is to be kind, practice kindness, actually do it, make a point to do something, not just say, oh, someone should do something. If you're asking that question, you're the person, you're the guy, do something. You know, I, I had a suggestion for the week that had to do with personal health, but I think yours is so good that I'm just going to say, I, I don't want to follow that. You, you just, yeah, what he said. Health's important though, man. Take care of Can yourself. You Practice kindness with yourself as well. Auric, do you want to <laughs> do something? Yeah, uh-uh. I got a suggestion. Uh, my suggestion, kind of keeping it on point because I've been looking for an excuse to talk about this, is The Solar Wars by John French. Now, as we talked about earlier, the Horus Heresy is a book series, I think, ended at 55 books in total for Uh. the entire series. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, And they are now just moving into the Siege of Terra. And the first one, that was the Solar Wars, which is basically all about the war for the outer galaxy, or the outer, yeah, the outer part of our solar system by uh, Horus and his traitor forces moving in and how they tried to stop them. It's a really, really good book if you either love the Imperial Fists or you really want to read more about brutal void warfare and ship-to-ship combat. Um, I'm not sure. It's not the strongest in the overall series, I don't think, but the parts where it's describing you know, Imperial Fist boarding actions with their huge uh, boarding shields and multi-meltas and the insanity that brings or the White Scars actually acting like you know using their ships like their hunting pack is really intense and really cool and the ending is insane all i will say is that dorn goes all out berserk and it is beautiful (laughs) and uh by the way for all the warhammer books we've recommended yes we will get to uh the book club that we've mentioned several times i have a job now again i've you know for the last uh month and a half or so actually probably just a month so We'll get started on that. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, so, I, I mean, I haven't read this. So, yeah, I'm interested. Certainly. That's awesome. <laughs> my uh, my suggestion for the week, because I feel more comfortable following Ulrich's, <laughs> is, is, sim- <laughs> it is simple. I've been, my lady and I um, have been getting up every day now at like 6 a.m. or something. Um, not or something. It's 6 a.m. So we could go just work out for an hour. Now, that's not feasible for everyone. I understand that. But... Like heart disease runs in my family. I have 
bunch of people in my grandfather's line that had like heart attacks. And uh, I was eating a burrito the other day and my mom, who I was having lunch with was like, you ate one of those yesterday. You're going to have a heart attack. So I freaked out. And now I'm just like, I'm not on a health kick or anything. I'm not a crazy, but I just think it's important to do a little bit of cardio, just like just do 20 minutes of like light power walking on a treadmill a day. If you can, it's not any big deal and it's going to go a long way towards keeping your heart pumping, you know? So that's my, you know, take care of yourself. Do just a, at least a little cardio. Just keep, keep healthy. Every little bit counts, man. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Dan for coming on and talking with us about Nurgle. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can get you on again some other time. Yeah, I'm always around. You know where to find me. All right. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in, listening to this, you know, doing the basic thing. If you want to help us more, like, share, subscribe, feed the algorithms that exist on the sites we are on. And whatever site you are listening to us on, thank you. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. So if if the other two sites from the one you're using are easier for you, hey, we're also there. And if there's any platform you would like us to be on, uh, let us know. We're looking into. We had to put like Podbean on on a back burner for you know financial reasons. Uh, I we've been told about Pocket Cast, which is something we're looking into, and uh, and Libsyn, which was not in our current like availability. So if there's anything else, you know. Or if one of those is like super interesting, let us know and we'll we'll take more look at that. If there's something else, let us know about that too. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.